Welcome to an extra innings edition of the Home Run Porch. I'm your host, Kevin Kennedy. We have a, a special guest for this extra innings. Uh, he's passing through town. He's a friend of the show, Miles Barnum. Welcome to the Home Run Porch. Thanks for having me, Kevin. Um, we wanted to get you on the show on Thursday, but you're going to be gone. You're taking the train out tonight, so you're not going to be around. So I just want to get your thoughts on a few things. Um, we're getting down. By the way, those of you that are listening, um, we often talk about how we have a thread that we keep stuff, and we also have a common friend, Will and I, but now he's friends with Matthew. Miles is the guy that we're always talking to. Um, I disagree with him all the time and then we argue and then we fight on our texting and stuff like that but and that's it's all why good. we love madison and will because they almost <laughs> always take my side i i texted them asked them if they want to come in and do this special edition but they were off doing other things so i guess i'm here so all right so a couple things i want to talk to you about today first off um playoffs um, you have some definite thoughts on the Twins and the playoffs and what that looks like. So give me your two cents on that. Well, I mean, I think the chances of the Guardians catching the Twins at this point is pretty small, especially with winning at least the first game. Um, yeah. We just came off a, a second game loss tonight. I was actually at the first game, um, saw the exciting yeah. Grand Slam. I've seen two Grand Slams now for Royce Lewis. Yeah. I was at the game, been at two two wonderful games and then I was at the ill-fated game last year when he ran into center field and ended yeah. up getting injured so I've seen yep. some pretty pivotal Royce Lewis games but um I actually got a Royce Lewis jersey I don't even know if you know this story but I have five twins jerseys now and I go to the I go to the stadium and I buy a blank jersey mm-hmm. and then I go behind home plate and I have them authenticated or you know, the the number and the name. I know because every time you come to my house, you're putting on different jerseys. It's like a freaking fashion show of jerseys. So I said to the guy that does the jerseys, I said, if Royce Lewis hits his first home run, the next jersey needs to be free because they're they're not cheap. And I'm sitting at about the 12th row on the first base side. He comes up and hits a homer, and I stand up with the red, the cool red jerseys that they don't have anymore. Yeah. And I'm wearing the 23 Royce Lewis, and I'm pointing at the back, and no one's got a Royce Lewis jersey. Yeah, of course. Yeah, they yeah. haven't been made yet. So, big fan. I know you guys have been talking about him a bit. But, yeah, I got to see him hit a Grand Slam uh, two nights ago, which mm-hmm. was amazing. And it was his second Grand Slam in consecutive days, and the guy's electric. Um, very pumped about having the young talent. And I think that's what I'm most excited about with this team is – when you have a core of young players that are really excited, and I was, you know, at the stadium when he had his interview afterwards, and you can just sense this excitement that they mm-hmm. have for playing, and they're very connected as a team, and and I think sometimes that that youth can really help a lot with with uh, you know potential in the, in the postseason and catching fire, and so I think it's probably one of the more exciting times being a Twins fan. In a I while. said a couple months before he went out for a while that the the problem with this team was we were leaderless. We didn't have a... a, a it, it, it seemed like we want Buxton to be that guy, but he wasn't playing that role, and then he was a little a lot, very inconsistent. Correa doesn't seem like that's part of his makeup. 
And it seemed like, well, maybe going forward, Royce Lewis is. Um, he certainly brings some energy to the team that seems to be lacking when he's not in the lineup. I, I will give you that. I mean, he's a pretty exciting guy to watch. You know, we, we, in the past, we've you know we didn't ha- we haven't had any really buddy since Kirby Puckett. Joe Mauer was never that guy. No, Justin and, Morneau, Joe yeah, Mauer, they were maybe, they were leaders on the field, but they just yeah, didn't have that. Yeah, spark. we didn't, and even Michael Kadire, who I really liked, sort of did that, but we never had that Kirby Puckett type. And maybe he is that guy for going forward, which would be great if he can stay healthy and injury free. Absolutely, I think Buxton um, had the potential. I think the combination of Correa and Buxton is very electric. They really bonded when Correa mm. first came over, and Correa has a lot of experience being a, a leader and and having postseason experience. He's the second highest uh, postseason totals of home runs and mm. RBIs for a shortstop next. A second only to Derek Jeter. Mm-hmm. You look at the postseason success Correa's had; it's it's amazing. So he comes over, kind of inspires Buxton, and and they kind of feed off of each other's talent. In fact, when when Buxton was going to play, was going to DH, they actually mm-hmm. sent Correa to talk to Buxton in person because they knew Buxton was not going to be happy about DHing. And anybody who says he was on board with that, you would understand that he's not when you send Correa to actually have a personal yeah. conversation. Nobody who's used to playing in the field every day wants to sit on the bench when your team's on playing defense. And I think it has a lot to do with his lack of success as a hitter. He's let's, sitting there in a funk. Having we, a hard time. About, okay, let's talk about him for a second then. So right now... He's starting tomorrow for the Saints. So, so we're recording this on Tuesday. Probably won't be out till Wednesday, but that's fine. He's going to play for the Saints on Wednesday, and he's supposed to play in center field for seven innings. That, that's the that's the thing. What, what's your take on that? It's it's exciting because it just provides so much, so many options for the roster right now. Because right now you have people playing out of position. You got Polanco playing third. He should be playing oh, second. He's been playing second. I think it was... Oh, anyway, yeah. Julian Julian has no business in the field with this particular roster. He's mm-hmm. definitely our defensive liability at second. And so by putting Buxton in center, which is right now they're saying, hey, he doesn't have enough value to the team as a DH right now because there's other guys that are hitting better. He oh, had yeah. just a stretch of six weeks where it was just brutal. And I have an interesting stat. I don't have the, the numbers exactly, but... Um, as of last night when I was at the game, the Twins were 14-10 and 10 after Buxton went on the injured list this last time. Yeah. In the previous four years, I believe, whenever Buxton was not on the field, the Twins really suffered. And mm-hmm. this is the first time that they've had enough talent on, on the roster to make the team almost better when he's not in the, in the lineup. Their winning percentage was somewhere around 45% when he was not on the team and when he was playing on the field it was 55% just a huge winning percentage differential mm-hmm. and now it's the opposite he was actually hurting the team by being in the lineup so well, he was is, striking out three times a game it was, it was brutal it was painful and I, I one of the issues I have with Rocco as far as lineup construction is that he continues to put the big names and spots in the order when he should be moving guys down. There's no reason Correa should be batting no. fourth. There's no reason Buxton should be if batting fourth. For a while, it looked like Correa, remember they moved him in first? Yeah. We never had a leadoff after Rise left. We never had a guy bat, batting leadoff that really fit that role. And he was he had Kepler there for a while, which is not natural for him. Then it looked like Correa was going to be, that was going to be a spot. But it's not. I, I agree with you. I, I, I He's, you know, you're paying the guy all that money, so your worry is like, eh. We can't, you know, you don't put Babe Ruth eighth. <laughs> 
you know, no. not that he's Babe Ruth, but that's that's sort of the fear. I don't know. I I, actually, I, actually, I would much prefer a manager that says, nope, we're going to put you where we need, where we think you belong. Interesting you mentioned the lineup because I had, I jotted a few notes down because you like mm-hmm. to dream about the postseason. And if it were me, can, you know, putting a lineup together, I would have Buxton and Correa all batting fifth, fifth or lower on the lineup. Mm-hmm. And uh, who would you have lead off? I, I like Julian at the top. I think he's a great mm-hmm. on-base percentage guy, which also brings another interesting round, roster crunch situation. Um, Austin Martin has been absolutely crushing it at AAA. Mm-hmm. And when we traded Arise for Lopez, which is looking like a good trade for both teams, I know we've talked about it a yeah. lot, but both players that have helped their team a lot this year in different ways, um, it's hard for me to imagine this team without having a guy like Lopez getting all the innings and carrying the team when we've had, you know, We've really had a lot of consistent starting pitching. It's hard to imagine, though, not having him at the top of the rotation. He's kind of been a bulldog for the team. Uh, but Julian has that on-base percentage thing. Austin Martin has the same thing. In the future going forward, I really like uh, Brooks Lee up there. There are some people saying, what if Brooks Lee comes back or comes up this year? I think it's a little premature. Um, I, I get nervous of late-season call-ups to guys that are going to be on the playoff roster. Yeah. You know, guys that don't have – you know, that haven't been playing. And, you know, especially if you're if you're gelling this late. In, and we are gelling. We, you know, For sure. I mean, the joke I made last week is that the, the quiz question I had last week was, what is the worst regular season record for a team that won the World Series? And it was the Cardinals of 2006. Hmm. And they won 83 games. And the reason I had that as a quiz question is like – we could have worse than that. Now, I think maybe we're peaking, or not peaking is not the right word, but will we probably be better than that? Probably. But in 87, we were 85 and 77, mm-hmm. you know, which is a weak regular season record. I mean, there's only five teams that have been in the 80s for wins. And and the chances of us making the 90s and wins is probably not going to happen. It's very unlikely that we're going to reach that. I'll put that. us at 84 to 85. Yeah. I would Which, love to be 85 and 77 just for the sake of having the same record. I would too, and I would be very happy with wins. that, but that doesn't bode well for the playoffs. I mean, okay, so let's let's talk a little bit about the standings because you, you've put some thoughts in my mind. I hadn't been thinking about where does that place us in the playoffs, uh, going forward, the most likely team we're going to play because I, I agree with you. I think the I think the Guardians are fading, and I think I hate I hate making predictions because I'm always wrong. So my feeling is, if I predict that the Twins are going to win the division, then they won't. So I'm not going <laughs> to say that. But if I can play a little, I'm trying to think of what I could do if. If they make the playoffs, okay, they they're going to be the thirds. There's no way they're going to be better than the Orioles and uh, well, there's three teams up. You think it's going to be the Mariners from the West, right? Uh, yeah, I think I think it'll be the Mariners just because they're hot and their rotation is tough. Mm-hmm. As of a week ago, they were sitting in that sixth position. It was kind yeah, of, I mean, it was, it was the Rangers kind of, were the yeah. team, and we seem to have their number. So, and we'll we'll see you again next week when we're down there. Yeah, if that I just holds I true. But I just said to a good buddy like a week ago, I said, "Man, that Seattle's looking tough in that sixth spot." I hope Toronto passes them, and now Toronto's really plummeting. Yeah, looks Toronto's like they might not, not well. even. But I think both. I, I think Texas is the team we would most want to play. I mean, now Houston has Verlander again, and they just have that postseason, you know. Well, they've excitement. got the magic, so yeah, there's no doubt about that. In the, so I would I would love to see Texas. Um, yeah, we had a, had a great series against them. I wouldn't 
be super upset about Toronto making a run and getting into that sixth spot. Mm-hmm. I think our, I think Seattle and Houston both look tough. I mean, the Blue Jays are the they're in the mix. I mean, I, but the, there's still 30 games left. It was six nine, six, but Yeah, we have 29 games left as of right this minute. The Twins do. That's a lot of games for people to make a move. I I, I gotta believe some one of those three teams in the West is gonna fade a little bit. I can't imagine. You seem to think that that the West has three teams locked in. Unless Texas just I mean Texas lost I don't even know how many games. 7 or 8. In the last in 10 they're 3 and 7. Yeah. In the so last they won 10. a couple games recently but I think they lost 7 yeah. or 8 in a row. Blue Jays are 5 and 5 in the last 10 but Orioles Rays are both 8 and 2 in their last 10. Twins are Twins are 5 and 5 in their last 10. Interesting. Mariners are 8 and 2 in their last 10 so and they're tied. I read an interesting article on Twins Daily yesterday mm-hmm. that said that our best matchup, and statistically it's looking a little bit uh, improbable right now just because of the amount of games left, would actually be against the Rays. So if it if it ends up happening that for some reason these other teams continue to win and the Rays were to drop from that two spot, mm-hmm. end up in the six, they've had so many issues with injuries with their pitching and they've lost their shortstop for, um, you know, what has happened with Wander Franco and uh yeah they're they're reeling in terms of their roster makeup but their schedule their strength of schedule has been really weak so they've been beating up on a lot of really poor teams so they're in a spot where if they face some really good teams the Rays are just not what they were at the beginning of the year so I always you know there are people that were going to have them win the World Series in April they're they're, they're the work yeah. you know and I I Baseball's such a long season, and there's so many things you have to overcome that they're not even in. They're like record-wise, they're one of the lower. I mean, they, they for a long time they were the number one team in baseball. They're uh, they're second in the AL, but in the National League they'd be they'd be third behind. So the so there's four teams better records than them in baseball right now, whereas. For a long time, they were, you know, and I th- that's why I think that ch- that's why I really think the Twins have a shot, at least. I mean, you go into the playoffs and if you're peaking at the right time and it seems like we're peaking a little bit right now, even though the last 10 were five and five. Of course, we had a couple of bumps hear there, a crazy but. Uh, connection to last year. We were talking about Buxton going down. And then mm-hmm. so last year was an example of what happens when Buxton goes down in previous years. He got mm-hmm. hurt. Twins were in first place. Yeah, there were six games over 500. They proceed to lose, I think it was six out of seven or five out of six yep, against the Guardians, like yep. and we just played awful. And with people we had playing outfield, we're not going to start for some teams, AAA teams at the end of the year. I mean, the guys mm-hmm. that were playing, and, and just for a second, got to talk about the overhaul of our pitching staff. I mean, the guys we had going out last year, and now the staff we have this Well, we would have said coming in the season that our strength was our batting order, that we were going to be, we are going to win games with a lot of runs and stuff like that. And now it's turned out to be the opposite. Our, our starting pitching is by far the strongest thing on our team. And then probably our, we would be our, our batting next. And then our, our bullpen is, you know, maybe a distant third. Well, especially that middle bullpen, Ben. I, I was actually coming in. I think you may have been correct maybe a year ago with some of the guys we had offensively. But there was a lot of speculation by me and other people I've talked to that this lineup would be 
anemic unless a bunch of people came back. I think we were. You thought that? Oh, absolutely. I think. I mean, we, we you thought. I mean, you were a huge Buxton guy, so you thought coming in the Buxton was going to be the leader on the fi- on the field, hitting wise, and no one could have predicted that Correa is going to be batting, you know, my weight. Um, yeah, you know, for a large chunk of the season, Kepler was down at two hundred five. I mean, we had guys that were we thought were going to be batting two eighty. They were batting two twenty. The rotation was on paper going to be better. The yes, lineup we knew was, that. The that's, lineup why we, was, that's why we got Pedro. I, absolutely, yeah. Pablo. Sorry, Pablo. Yeah, the rotation was going to be better, but the I was concerned about the lineup. I was concerned about the power, especially. I was concerned about that. We didn't know. We didn't know when Lewis was going to come back. We didn't know Walner was going to blow up. Um, yeah, yeah. You know, and we didn't know that. Uh, we didn't know that Michael A. Taylor was going to be able to carry the center field. Michael A. Taylor. Right let's talk about him for two seconds. Here's a guy that at the beginning of the season, you would have been a fool to bet that he would be on the team at this point. You thought, well, we had bucks into where he needs to be, and Michael A. Taylor will either deal him or he'll be back in the minors or wherever he's gone. He wouldn't be on the active roster. That guy has been solid. For the whole season. And he's not a great, he's not, you know, he's the less striker from 87. He's the less striker of this team. He's, he, he's just, he, he may, if we win it, he's going to get a World Series ring and we're never going to hear from him again, except when they do reunions in 20 years. <laughs> you know? You know, I, I like the guy. You know, the guy's got a gold glove, right? Yeah. He won a gold glove for Kansas City. There's no way he's not going to be on a roster somewhere. Yeah, but but, but he's not going to start every day. Exactly, like he exactly. Played. And he has by default. We, we he was a he was a band aid until Buxton got healthy enough to play center field right. every day. And Buxton's not has Buxton even been in center field at all this season? No, I don't think he, he has even once. And the thing is, it's interesting because I think there's so much pressure from a lot of different places to get Buxton in center because if he doesn't play center field. He doesn't bring enough value to the team right now. The I way agree. He's and I, just to speak from my personal experience of playing, uh, there was a few times that I had some injuries and ended up, you know, this is high school and Legion baseball, but there's something about the psychological component of being on the bench when your team is out playing. I, I would agree. I think it's, it's no very fun. rare. There are very few players in baseball that can be a DH and be a great DH. I mean, there are guys, Jim Tomey, um, Nelson Cruz, yeah, Nelson Cruz, Big Poppy. There are guys that are built to be, but but it's one of those things. Like, what do you do for four innings between at bats or whatever oh, it is? And when you're struggling you're psychologically, yeah. And I know all Buxton, you do is sit there and think about your strikeouts. Yeah, Buxton's having a tough time physically, but I think a lot of it for him is mental. And I think when he comes back, he's had a lot of time. I, I actually kind of hope they leave him with the Saints. This is what I said a couple weeks ago. I hope they leave him with the Saints for. You know, Until six, eight last games. week of well, uh, yeah, let him get September. Let him, he, yeah. Hitting is so psychological. Yeah, it is. And you get down there and you see, you know, pitchers that are not of the same caliber, and you bring them up just enough time to get at bats against major league pitchers, maybe the last 15, 20 games, mm-hmm. and then he has that confidence back. You yeah. know, and you play him every day, maybe maybe two out of every three days in center field. You keep Michael A. Taylor yeah. in the mix. But you don't keep that DH spot to Buxton. You leave that for Julian. Going back to the lineup, I think Polanco needs to be at second. He's not naturally a third baseman. Originally, he's a shortstop, and I think third base is a tough position to learn yeah. on the fly, especially well, coming in on guys, the ball. Well, a lot of guys, you know, a lot of guys, A-Rod famously moved there. And, but he had the offseason. Uh, so, did, so did Cal Rip. Yeah, yeah. They had they the offseason the to yeah. learn the position. Yeah. Polanco's going there midseason, and you only have the time in between I think games. it's easier. I agree. It's easier to play second base from shortstop at 
mid-season than it is to go third base. And to base. be fair, Polanco yeah. wasn't the best shortstop either. So it's not no, like but he, he was, was... I mean, he's a good bat in our lineup. I, I, I Just defensively, though, yes. he wasn't Cal Ripken. He no. wasn't A-Rod. He was a Here's very mediocre we're, shortstop. We're, 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 I think our mistake is we measure him against Correa, who I think is a phenomenal... I mean, if, if, if he... I mean, he he is so good in the field. I, I he's one of those guys like he drives me crazy when he's at bat because I don't have any confidence in my bat. But it's like, holy Hannah! If the ball is anywhere near him, he's going to throw it dead center of the of the first baseman's oh, chest. And he just he makes these plays. Yeah, it's a double play ball. And he, he doesn't and he just look fires rushed. It. He no. doesn't look fancy. He looks solidly fundamental for me. I it's fun to watch him play because he's we haven't had that since maybe Greg Gagne. I don't know. I'm trying to think of another shortstop we've had. We had Angelton been... Simmons, who was our that's best right. Well, shortstop. we just had him. We had yeah, him yeah. Short time. He was probably technically a better better fielder. You know but... who was a great fielder? Nick Punto. But Nick Punto was a terrible batter. So that's you know. That we is don't need it. We don't need to get into your love for Punto I in love this Punto. in this chat. Don't um, love as much as I love Arias, but but let's go back to the lineup for one more. Okay, second. so we got a few minutes left. Go ahead. So I like. Kirilov coming back. We hope that he's healthy. I like him in the middle of the lineup. I like Lewis in the middle of the lineup. I'm happy with Kepler against right. So, batting third. So are you have Kirilov in left, Michael A. Taylor, Buxton in center, and then Kepler in right. Uh, right? I have Kirilov at first. Oh, you have Kirilov at first. Who's in your who's yep. left field? Left field, Walner. Oh, yeah, yeah. Okay. Right field, Kepler, Buxton, or Michael A. Ta- gotcha. Taylor in center. And so I, when, when, when Michael A. Taylor is not playing, he's not DHing. You have Julian DHing. Yeah. Okay. Julian so who's, DHing. Who's, okay. And then and then when Buxton's not in the lineup, we have Michael A. Taylor in the, in the center field. Are mm-hmm. we Buxton DHing or we have somebody else? Are we leaving Julian DH? Um, you know, you can move people around. I would probably, if Buxton ends up getting back, you want him in the lineup every day because he is a guy that, I mean, put it this way. If Gallo can play in the lineup two out of every three days, <sighs> then Buxton needs to be in the lineup when he's healthy and when yeah. he's actually hitting because he's a guy who's much more electric than Gallo. Yeah, I And agree. I have him on a list of think, people to talk about. I would Who's love our to third see baseman? Who would you have our third baseman then? Royce Lewis. Okay, so Royce, and then obviously Kreitz at second. Short. And short, I mean. Polanco at second. Uh, you said Kirilov at first. Who you, please, please don't say Vasquez behind the plate. I would I would have Jeffers catch every single game. I, and I know too. some pitchers really like to throw to Vasquez, but Jeffers has just been an unbelievable hitter, and his, his defense has gotten so much better. I just better don't. Do too. we have Vasquez locked up? I don't see Gallo in, in any scenario, Vasquez and Gallo being on this team next year. Um, any, any way. Vasquez was signed to a two-year deal. He'll be here for okay. sure. Is that Gallo's a trade? Is, but is that one of those trades that we can do where it's like, okay, some team really needs a catcher. We trade him to lock in some something that's a whole other thing. Because Jeffers... Jeffers is solid, and he's and he's. I have much more confidence when he's at bat. We, I, I know. You know I think the Twins really like to have depth at catcher. So yeah. I don't think you know. You look at how much some of these guys get paid. I think they probably keep him. I think the mistake they're making is he's really a detriment to the lineup when he's in he there is. on a regular basis, and he's just such agree. an automatic out and has so little power. I want to say his OPS is under six hundred, yeah. which is just god awful. It's painful to. You know, painful to see. So I think because going forward, who on that starting ro- roster that we've just kind of made up, 
are do we know that's not going to be back next year? Do we have anybody that's like, okay, there's no way we're going to sign that person again next year? Um, I don't know. I, that's one of the things I just don't pay any attention to. I don't pay attention to contracts. I know Will see, does. I believe we have everybody that's in the starting lineup back next year. I believe we have an option on Polanco. It was a vesting option. We have Kepler coming back. Those are the guys whose contracts are expiring. The what about closest. Okay, how long do we lock in Correa for? Well, we just signed that big contract at the beginning of this year, so yeah, we've got we have him locked him forever. forever. We have Buxton forever. Uh, yeah. and, and all these other guys. This, this is why it's so exciting to be a Twins fan right now. We have we have all these guys that are on rookie contracts still. You know, We have Julian, and we've got Royce Lewis, and we've got Duran, who we haven't even talked about our our stud um, closer and, and how great okay. our rotation is. Let me just talk, let's well, let's finish up with Duran. I'm having doubts that Duran is the ninth inning guy. Then who else is it? Jax? I don't. Yeah, Jax Jax well, and, no, really it's not. Here's the here's the problem. Roughly, we don't have a ninth inning guy. Let me put it that way. Um, I think Lopez. Gonna, are we going to have to end this segment? No, I know. I, I did, the, my frustration with with Duran is this. Every time he comes in, no matter what the situation, somebody's getting on. Doesn't matter. Could be a home run, could be a single, could be a walk, whatever it is. He puts a person on. And your ninth inning guy can't be that guy. You know who used to do that? Who? Joe Nathan. All the time. Yeah, Joe Nathan. You remember him doing his horse but Joe, thing? But Joe, but Joe, but <laughs> and he would get out of the inning all the time. Yeah, yeah, but Duran doesn't. Duran doesn't get out of the inning all the time. I think you're... you're and maybe really, it's, it's maybe a recency it's, bias thing. For it you. could be. It could be, and it could be a thing that he needs another year of maturity. I don't know, uh, but but we need to call up some statistics for a second. See, here's my fear with him. I don't. You know when you know when a guy comes in, you want confidence that he comes in that the game's over. That's what Mariano Rivera did. That's what Joe Nathan did. That's what Trevor Hoffman did. I don't have that faith. In Duran at this time now could it could he another year of maturity I don't even know how old he is. how old is he he's twenty five okay so he's young so another year or two that could be okay, you know Glenn Perkins game here we are we here we've got some interesting stats so in a matter of two seasons mm-hmm. Duran has a four point four WAR which for a reliever is absolutely well, okay insane. what's his what's his um. Did it is blown saves a, a stat there on that? It is. I don't, I don't have it on here. He's what is, got six losses, so that tells me he's yeah. probably had. But he's pitched in some extra inning games. Too. He has. He has. So you get put in those spots where there's runner at second, and you can get the loss that way. Let's look at his last however many outings, because I, to your point, he has been struggling lately. Um, but the thing is, you want a guy in the closer role who's got electric stuff, and he's got that. He's got. He, a, he's he got does. A, but if but if if. I mean, I don't know. I don't know. He, one thing I also know about when you get into the playoffs, suddenly you have, well, we'll have two or three starters that can be relievers. You know, we'll set our three man rotation, and then suddenly Kenta Maeda is coming out of the bullpen or whoever it is. I mean, you Kenta could Maeda never play. have Maeda over Duran as a guy who's going to come in for one. No, but well, here's the deal. Here's the deal. Out. You know, uh, Pagan, yes, he'll play. He'll be on the roster. But I'd much rather have Kenta Maeda come in in the seventh inning and know that he can go seven, eight, nine. You know what I mean? That's one thing you have when you have starters that can come in late in the game in the playoffs. It's just not realistic to expect anybody outside of Maeda to be in a consistent relief role that haven't been there. And Maeda was decent for the for the Dodgers when he yeah. he, was, he didn't like being a reliever, which is why he. One of the reasons why he wanted to leave LA is that he wanted to be a starter, and that was a trade that worked out for both teams. Yeah, Gratterall has been good for 
But I, I really, you can't have anybody other than Duran in the ninth inning. He's too dominant. He's got too great of stuff, and he's intimidating. Nobody wants to face a 104 mile an hour fastball, and when his stuff is on, he's as good as anybody. And you just have to. Yeah, but how often is it on? Well, that's the problem. I mean, I said, how many saves do you have so far this year? Let's see. Let's get these stats. I'm up. Curious. His ERA is 2.58 this season. What's it? How many saves does he have? I'm curious about uh, that. Especially since we've had a lot of one run, two run, three run games. Or, or his you know. WHIP is 1.14. To your point about getting guys on base last year, it was it was amazing. It was 0.97. Anytime that's a Mariano Rivera type. Yeah. You know, under one, which is saves. Tell me how many crazy. saves. Um, they don't have st- saves what? on here. That's the whole point of having a. Oh, reliever. here we go. Twenty-three. He had twenty-three. Not saves, a horrible number, but innings. I mean, not a not a not a Hall of Fame number. I mean, and I he's mean, not. So so will he reach thirty? Probably not. I think saves is a similar. You and I are not going to get into this on this podcast, but <laughs> saves is a very similar number to wins in that you don't have a lot of control of whether your team wins eight to four. Or five to three, or how many teams your how many games your team wins in general? Because there's some of those, um, you know, Trevor Hoffman years when he had 39 or 42 saves. Mm-hmm. The Padres weren't very good, so they were winning a lot of two to one, three to two, four to three games. You know, you got teams. Yeah, but like saves the, is a good stat because for a reliever, you come in in a situation. You, you don't come in when there's a five run lead. You come in when it's what two or three, two or one, really, and. That guy's got one job, end the game. Okay, so that you, is so that's where is his that's thing, where, right? So you can yeah. look at save percentage as an as a good number, mm-hmm. but you can't look at total number of saves. So like the other day, we're at the game. Uh, I lean over to my dad. It's ten to six. I'm mm-hmm. going. God, what are the chances they bring Duran in? Because I'm thinking right now they have a chance to take a seven game lead over Cleveland. Yeah, and in my thought. To go from six to seven and take a seven-game league, at worst, you're going to be five games ahead if you lose the next two games. So yeah. I would say, even if it's not a save situation, put your best guy in there. I, see, so, I would agree with that. I so would if it's agree ten to that. six and he comes in and he get and he gets three outs, he doesn't get a save. So let's yeah. say the Twins get a solo home run in the bottom of the eighth and he comes in. What's the difference if he gets three outs? It's a very nebulous stat. So, like I said, if you have a team like the Padres that didn't score a lot of runs. What about the Dodgers? If they're winning nine to four and your closer's never getting in, you're winning ten to six. Well, and it, ten but to also five. let's be honest. I mean, they're never going to. It's not like the Dodgers are going to let their reliever sit for a week. They're going to play him, yeah, even if, even if it's non- two or three, because they need him to, to keep his arm. He's active, going to pitch so, in yeah. non-save situations, yeah. which is why a lot which of is times, fine. Which I don't have a I don't have a problem with. And I, I do I believe Duran has a potential to grow into that role. I do. It's not a role normally that you have a guy um, uh, try out for. It's a guy that's established himself. I mean, he's 25. He's pretty young. He had a 1.86 ERA last year in 67 innings. How many saves saves did he have last last year? year he wasn't our closer. I know, yeah. Pagan was our closer. And he was mostly in the eighth inning role until Pagan imploded, which I will, as you were saying, eating crow on Royce Lewis – I will eat crow on both Kepler and Pagan because I was ready to be done with both of them. Yeah. I love Kepler. He's, you know, me too. I, I really I was wanted to be. To... I, I was right. I, I just feared he was going to be gone, but he's boy. He right when it looked like he was going to be DFA'd, 
He's like, oh, my job's in jeopardy. I better start hitting the ball. Yeah. I mean, he really did. Sorry, I'm just obsessed with these Duran numbers. So last year, 67 innings. A lot of times he was in the eighth inning and then end of the year at yep. night. 67 innings. The guy had, oh my gosh, this is insane. How many hits did he give up? He had 89 strikeouts. 89 okay, strikeouts. Okay, wait, wait, hold on, hold on. How many, how many hits did he have? 50 hits in 67 innings. And how many walks did he give up? 16. So he gave up less. That's not bad for the walks because I thought he walked. What's he, what's he got for walks right now? 19 walks and really that's it innings. okay that's yeah. a better number than i thought it would have been and he's given up 50, how, 41 hits 41 hits how many innings has he played he has pitched 52 and a third innings this oh, year so he's wow. on pace for similar innings numbers yeah. but I, I really do think i think they need to work him a little bit less down the stretch here i think they need to only put him in games give him three four days off in between outings when we don't need him get some more this uh, Cody Funder, Funderburg. Yeah, that was kind um, of fun seeing him show up. He's, you know... Here's the deal. Our September, Texas, Cleveland. Okay, we got the Mets. Tampa, White Sox. Okay, Cincinnati. I don't even know what the, where Cincinnati sits right now. Angels, A's, Colorado. So we end the last week is pretty nice. <laughs> we play Colorado and the A's are like almost buys on the schedule. Yeah, but you know the Baseball Twins have shown that they can <laughs> lose <laughs> against easy teams and win against it's swept by Kansas City. Yeah, yeah. Let's then... yeah, don't even get into that. All right, we've got to wrap it up. Um, Miles Barnum, thanks for stopping by the home run porch. It's been great. Um, I'm happy. You're, to talk you're to welcome later. here anytime. Uh, we'll at the end of the year. Um, we'll have a big party for Arise's um, Silver Slugger and his um, batting title and all the great things he's going to get. We're going to have a big award. By the way, you didn't know this, but I was in New York. You know I was in New York, but I went to the MLB store, headed right back to the Miami Marlins section. No Arise jersey. Zero. I could have had one made, but that would have cost me like 140 bucks. I thought there'd be just some made-up shirts there because he's one of their best players. No, nothing. I was so I was gonna wear it in proudly to our show, and <laughs> nothing. Garbage. That's so. so sad. This guy, you can appreciate this you know because I love Arise. because you have seven or eight current player jerseys that you wear all the time it's like like i just said before it's like a fashion show with you when you're we're watching games at my house you'll run <laughs> to the back room and come out with a the jersey of the player that's at bat or pitching or whatever it's crazy we all have our vices we do we do and i have no current jersey i've got a really nice mets hat my son bought for I me. i will so. say one thing to to end this is that my speculation of players as far as getting jerseys I, I got Joe Ryan's jersey after five starts. I got That's Royce true. Lewis's jersey after he'd played less than 10 games. Yeah, you got that one right away. So it's kind of a gamble. You were wearing it, though, when he got injured, weren't you? Because were you at my house that time when, when, I was wearing, when he got injured? I was, uh, I was wearing it when he got his first home run. Yep, and I remember that. And I believe I might have been wearing the Joe Ryan jersey when, when Royce Lewis got hurt. But it's funny because I <laughs> it was nuts. Uh, the day I got the Royce Lewis jersey... I was wearing the Buxton jersey to start the game. Buxton hits a home run. I go back and get the Royce Lewis jersey, switch to the Lewis jersey, then he hits a home run. Obviously, there's no. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's yeah. just a coincidence, but it's still kind of cool when when your guy hits a home run. I so will I, say this. I have a Kepler 
It's a T-shirt. It's not a jersey. I've got a Kepler shirt. I don't even know where it is. It's a pretty and, weak T-shirt. Well, and I not mean, it's a weak, and not only it's the, it's the powder blue, which I don't like. I'm not a fan of that. I know. Oh, I know. Man. Will really likes it. I, I'm I just not. I never 80s. loved the Kirby powder Puckett, blues. Man. I know. I know. I know. I'm, it's just that was my least. My. I, you know, we've talked about this. My favorite is the new pinstripe. Twin Cities uh, cream colored one. I really like. Oh that. yeah, and you, and I got, you got that one, one with Duran one. Yeah. You want to hear my next two go to jerseys? Okay. This guy, oh, that's all this next. guy does is buy jerseys. All right. This is what <laughs> we're gonna finish on. Go ahead. I'm going with Kirilov and Brooks Lee. Really? Okay. Kirilov and Brooks Lee. You I know what looked cool the... on the back of a jersey? Thunderbird. <laughs> Because it would have to curve around your shoulders because the name is so long. Yeah, that's a good one. You know, um, for me, well, I've got the Kepler T-shirt. I don't know. I, I don't know who my guy is. I, I do like Kirilov a lot. Um, there's quite a few guys I like on the team. I like the team overall. You need to but. expand your budget from T-shirts to jerseys. That's well, I don't, you know. Will's the same way. Will, every time he goes down, buys a... Buys a jersey. He has like six, eight of them too. I, I just and I like my wife has a jersey. My wife has a pocket jersey. She wears. She got recently and she wears it all the time. Yeah, I don't know her. what the deal is. I don't. You know, I don't know. Okay, uh, Miles Barnum, thanks for coming in. You have been listening to a special extra innings episode of the Home Run Porch. I'm Kevin Kennedy. We'll catch you next time. <laughs>